in three, two, one. What? Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. The sports gods decided they wanted us to have all of the fun in one week this year, so they've put the NFL draft and the Kentucky Derby Back to back. And so we are here doing our double duty because we are horse racing enthusiasts. Well, we're just we're gambling enthusiasts. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, we care about this stuff more than your average Joe, uh, which means Derby first Saturday in May Derby weekend is an absolute uh, appointment viewing appointment betting yeah. opportunity for us as as hardcore uh, sports bettors and to help us navigate the field. Uh, second time on the deep dive did just an absolutely nails podcast with us last year, which Andy, you should, we should reshare that this week just because there was I'm, a lot of good uh, yeah. evergreen kind of content. <laughs> in that. I think, um, I think we, yeah, we have a couple of good horse ones. We're going to have to reshare. And yeah, this is, I, it's funny how it snuck up on us, but I think it's really probably the best opportunity to win back all the money we're going to lose on the third <laughs> How, how else like it, i almost I, I was looking at the horses for the first time and i'm like i'm like if there's a horse that has a name in any relation to like you know any of the quarterbacks or ohio state or alabama or anything i might have to just take that horse as like some sort of sign after the grinder that we've been through on the third pick and that we're just finally we've, we're done with it so yeah yeah. yeah i'm 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 jacked i'm beyond jacked uh Again, I'm, apologies to Thor and all the draft Knicks, but like Saturday is going to be for horse racing. I probably oh, won't absolutely. watch. I won't absolutely. watch the fourth round of the draft. Yeah. So to again to finish my introduction here, uh, our guest today, uh, a member of the Racing Dudes. Um, just if there was a parallel universe where you had our type of content for football and it was all horse racing, these guys are on it. The Magic Mike Show with um, our guest today, Mike Somich, Somo Bomb. Uh, Somo Bomb 18. That, that's Twitter. it. Somo Bomb 18 on Twitter. Um, absolutely spectacular content. They will get you caught up t- with lightning speed to everything you need to know about these horses, f- current form, how they stack up in these races, how pace uh, and just general pace thesis is going to translate to winning in some of these key races this weekend. We are going to have massive handle. This is an exciting weekend of racing. And so without further ado, welcome back to the deep dive, Mr. Mike Somich. Thank you very much, guys. I'm excited to be here. I've, I've really enjoyed the content you guys have been throwing out as well. Love the crypto series, so I, I really appreciate you guys <laughs> doing that. Uh, and I've been through the, the rumor mill on this draft, too, man. This has been absolutely nuts trying to keep up with who's going where, but I can't wait for this Kentucky Derby. I mean, it's going to be an absolutely amazing weekend of horse racing. We've got two stacked days at Churchill Downs. There's six graded stakes on Friday. There's six graded stakes on Saturday. We've got every age group running. We've got you know, the Oaks on Friday. We've got the Derby on Saturday. It gives you a couple really unique betting options. So we're going to kind of talk through a bunch of different ways that you can wager on this Derby. Um, and, and they offer you know two-day bets as well. So you can play a pick six that spans across the two days. Double. You got the Oaks Derby double, which I think is a really good bet this year. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit about essential quality and kind of some of the stuff that's going on with him. And we'll get into the Oaks Derby double when we talk about that, because I think there's some value there instead of hammering just uh, essential quality in the Derby, if that is the horse that you like. 
We you know we often do this at the end of the podcast, but I feel like just anybody stepping into this that wants to get real deeper because we're doing this on a Tuesday afternoon. There's a <laughs> few more. You know, we got a few days. The, the Oaks is until Friday. The Derby not till Saturday. Why don't you talk about what else you're doing with you know with your stuff, your podcast, any media you're doing this week in case anybody wants to catch any of your stuff because I'm I'm sure this is not the last thing you're going to do before the Derby. Like, <laughs> what what have you got on tap for the rest of the week for people that really want to get deep into this? Well, I don't think we have enough time uh, to go through everything. <laughs> uh, I'm making the rounds. Yeah, yeah, hit the highlights. Uh, we, we did a podcast yesterday. We talked about previewing the Oaks. Um, obviously, I'm on here. We've got, we're recording later today for BetUS to talk about the draw uh, for them there. And then uh, we've got a podcast on Thursday that we're doing, which is specifically covering the late pick four on Saturday. So that's the church, the Kentucky Derby pick four. So check out the Magic Mike show. Uh, you can all the, Everywhere you can find podcasts. And you can also just follow me, Samabam18, on Twitter. Uh, we always post it up there. So that's coming out on Thursday. We're planning on trying to do a live feed on Friday during the races, as well as a live feed afterward, recapping the races. And then we've got a live feed on Saturday doing the races. I'll be on wow. ABR on Saturday, and we're recapping on Saturday. So yeah, it's a busy couple of days. Um, on top of that, we're putting out a guide. So if you're interested in seeing the picks, it's a top four consensus from everyone over at Racing Dudes. And then I have a product called the Sama Bombs, and that'll be out Friday and Saturday, Saturday with all of my wagers for the multi-race bets. I love it. And that's really where the fun spirit comes in, because if you if you have been around horse racing for more than a year or two, you learn a couple of things off the top pretty quickly. Number one, this is a very, very different market than your typical sports betting market. Um, you have a you know, you have an enormous um incentive really just based on where the money flows this is a paramutual pool we you know you're pulling all this money everybody's betting in, across all of these different markets it all gets pulled together and we divvy up the uh, you know divvy up the the prizes at the end of the day and for those reasons you can get some some certain um certain betting angles like a pick four and for anyone who's never heard of that before that's basically if you pick four races in a row winner winners in four straight races um you know that's it's not unlike uh you know your common uh parlay except instead of parlaying minus 200 favorites you're parlaying an eight to one, a nine to one, <laughs> and a three to one, and a and a twelve to one and you don't you don't need my my uh you don't need a calculator to know that's a big big number <laughs> at the end of the day and so you know you're incentivized to do you know kind of small small stakes but uh you know lots of different options to try to uh you know cover uh cover some of the uh the wild outcomes that are going to happen from this and that's that's really the fun and entertaining way to play all this stuff in my opinion and uh so i appreciate the somo bombs but uh that <laughs> that and i guess really the 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 quality of races overall this weekend looks to me to be pretty spectacular is that a fair a fair summary Oh yeah, I mean it's it's you've got stacked fields. Um, the weather's supposed to be good. You've got quality turf races with big fields, which often can produce prices. You obviously have twenty going in the Derby. You've got fourteen going in the Oaks. Uh, your Derby favorite is probably going to be sub two to one, but it's a weaker favorite. And your second choice is going to be six or seven to one. And after that, you're looking at ten, fifteen to one, twenty to one. I got a fifty to one morning line horse that I don't. I think's got a shot. Like so, you can have. I, we're gonna get there. Don't spoil it. I, <laughs> I, you're not the only one that I've heard uh, hot on this horse, but don't spoil it. It's like, it. There's a lot of different directions that you can go there, and, and like you said, I mean, the pick fours and the pick fives. Those are where I love to try and make my money, man. Like you put together a ticket that costs you sixty bucks, ninety bucks, one hundred and twenty bucks. And that thing can return fifteen thousand. I mean, I was I was alive to about sixteen grand in pick fours on Tis the Law last year, and I had less than two hundred bucks into it. So it hurt a little bit when we ran second. Uh, but Tis the Law was six to five. 
So there yeah. was a way to, to even use the favorite there and end up trying to get some big time payouts. And that's what that's what this is all about. And the stake stays are great because uh, like horse racing, much like you know sports, the, the better teams are more consistent. We're getting to play the better horses, which means you have more consistency, which means that there's not as much randomness that comes into this when you have these massive stake stays. Sometimes that can lean toward favorites, but often you can find those one or two logical long shots that can get you a big payout. Yeah. Just kind of a... I'm going to say a novice question because a lot of my betting is done the day of the race or if somebody feeds me up, you know, a future way out, like I've bet some futures way out early. In fact, the, the law, I probably, yeah, we had tis the law 50 to one to triple crown. Last oh, year. That's, yeah. That, hurt. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> yeah. For, thanks for bringing that one hurt. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, and, and also like how long we sat on that longer than yeah. normally would. So. Yeah. Right. right. But um, yeah, if I did go look, um, I did go look. I, I'm trying to ignore the Mac Jones comment because that's cracking me up really hard right now. He says Mac Jones to show. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great crossover, Patrick. But um, I want him so to I, take I, Mac Jones behind the barn and put him out of yeah, his put misery. Him. <laughs> put me, he's going to put me out of my misery. Apparently, oh, anyway. yeah, same. So anyway, I did. I did log on. I looked at some fixed odds today. In fact, somebody was offering two way markets on you know all the horses that were in in the draw. Like if I were to go, I didn't check. Can I enter my, my question is can I put money in the paramutual pool right now if I went out to like TVG or Twin Spires or whatever racing book you have at your your book you're using? Like can you, is that open? When does that open? Or are you stuck to bet fixed odds right now? Right now like you're stuck with, right now you're stuck with fixed odds. Um the paramutual pools generally will open a couple days early. So you'll start seeing betting on the Derby most likely on Thursday. Um, and what you'll have to do is in, in whatever ADW you're using, uh, there'll be something that just says uh, Churchill Futures. And you can go to there and that'll get you Saturday, Saturday's races. And they'll actually have the full card available for future betting um, to be able to bet into the pair of mutual pools. But that probably won't be up until Thursday. They had to do the full post position draws for the entire card. That should be up tomorrow with morning line odds. But then they're not going to actually load it in until, until later in the week. Got gotcha. It, got it. Got it. Okay. That's why I didn't look too hard, but I didn't find it. So I, I'm glad I wasn't just dumb. Yeah, not missing do you, anything. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have any futures exposure on any of these guys? Um, I, I do not. I am not a huge Derby futures guy for the simple reason that unless I get like a big time price, I'm looking for like 100 to 1, those type of numbers. The odds of the horses getting in the gate drastically reduces the value in future tickets to me. Um, and even if you look like this last week, we've had seven horses defect from the Kentucky Derby. Wow. Like, and so you, you, it's hard enough to get in the gate, let alone win the race. So unless I'm, I'm really high on a horse early, like I, I got Justify in pretty good. I was at 75 to 1 on Justify. I got him right after he broke the maiden. Um, wow. But like there's a couple cases like that where I'm like, look, I, this horse is a monster. I think if he gets to the gate, he wins. Um, but this year, I didn't see any horse that I thought was that great. Life is good, I think, was the best three-year-old in this class. Life is good got hurt after his second race and was sub 10 to 1 in the futures pools. And I'm never betting anything sub 10 to 1 in a future pool for the horses three months out. It's, <laughs> it's not going to end well for you. Like Maybe yeah. you get one, but long term, that's going to go poorly. Wow. Um, can you kind of give a real quick summary on what makes the Derby special in general? I mean, there's a, it's the first off, it's just, it's nationally celebrated. So it's the highest handling race across the board. I mean, we set records in 2019. Uh, there was $41 million bet into the wind pool. Uh, that day handled over 200 million for that. Yeah. $41 million wow. in win, just win in just one race. Um, only race that you're going to see with 20 horses. I mean, so that alone makes it, makes it special and unique. 
it's also just the tradition of it, right? It's it's three year olds. It's the it's the most prestigious race to win. It matters the most if you're looking for sires from a price perspective. I mean, it's it's how you can get put on the map, and it's the race that everyone wants to win. I mean, the the core of horse racing is is people owning these horses and trying to win races and trying to to catch that rush. Like you know, we're betting the horses, but man, that two minutes is a rush if you own the horse so much more than if you're just betting it. God. And this is what everyone wants to win. So this is the pinnacle of the sport in that sense. Got it. Got it. Got it. And the three-year-old nature of it just means like this is, you know, these horses are just emerging into maturity. Right. Yeah. And for the most part, like the the top, the horses that perform well here, they're, you know, they're probably going to go out to stud after this year. I, it becomes a losing proposition to run them, which is actually <laughs> to me, one of the problems with the game, but it costs yeah. more to insure a horse than what the horse can win in a full calendar year in their four-year-old <laughs> season after they win the Derby. I mean, insurance man it's crazy like but like into mischief Blame the actuaries into mischief stands for two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars every time so every time into mischief impregnates another horse and that wow. horse has a baby the people who own into mischief get 225 grand he goes three times a day you do the math how much wow. that horse is worth like yeah yeah, yeah okay. i can't remember i can't remember what it was called there was a, a podcast series a short one espn did like last summer where they kind of get into some of the breeding stuff. And I mean, honestly, you got into some of the issues down at Santa Anita, but it, like, that was very interesting. They talked to some of the people that owned one of those. It's like, holy, holy crap. You just, you're sitting on top of a gold mine that's next to a diamond mine and, uh, you know, a factory that's pumping out Van Gogh's like you, and yeah. you're just, you're sitting there watching horses do it. And just, <laughs> it's, it's wild, but I mean, the, yeah, the amount of money you can make, it's, it's, it's a gamble for the people that are breeder, you know, looking to get their horses bred too. Um, yeah. something I've been digging in to and i guess you know as we start getting into we'll, we'll, we'll get into the draw first i think but definitely thinking about this too something i looked at is like all these horses have gotten here by you know the points the the points they accrue and like i've listened to other people talk about different you know differences of opinion and i think it definitely is opinion there's not a tried and true way to do this but you know some people feel better about oh the you know they won the arkansas derby oh this horse won this derby or this the the stakes race at turfway and some people argue like well this why is this race worth this many points should this race be worth that many points like do you have a hierarchy that you build off of every year with that or are you just is it so year by year that it's not just like oh you know like i think it is like the louisiana derby like it's it's been a long time since winning that has been success, you know, bred to any success here. Yeah, great question, man. Yeah, there's there. It, it's similar to kind of like college football in a bowl season, where you have all the conferences that end up playing each other when sure. when you get to the bowls, and you got to kind of decide which conferences you're into for that year. It's the same idea with horse racing. There's there's five distinct tracks or, or to parts of the, the U.S. that kind of garner horses for this. So you've got the New York circuit with Aqueduct running prep races there. You've got the Florida circuit where you got Gulfstream Park running the Florida Derby, uh, the Fountain of Youth. You have Arkansas and Kentucky where you have, you know, the Bluegrass and the Lexington. You've got the Arkansas Derby. You've got Louisiana, which runs the Louisiana Derby. And then you got California running the Santa Anita Derby and a handful of other preps. Most of the horses stay home unless they're trying to dodge someone who keeps beating them in one of those preps. Yeah. So you don't get that much cross-contamination between the different regions before the Derby. This year's kind of interesting. Uh, Hot Rod Charlie, who ran second in the Breeders' Cup Classic, was in California, decided to try and dodge life as good, who ends up getting hurt, so it didn't really matter, but went to Louisiana. And we got to see a California horse in Louisiana, ends up winning the Louisiana Derby over three other horses that ran there. 
So that gives you a hint that the California horses might be a little bit ahead of the Louisiana. Oh, race, so right? don't look past the Pac-12 this year is what you're saying. Well, I, I, I see how this goes. Like, that's a good analogy. I love it. I may or may not like some California horses. And, and like, right. The Florida circuit was really down. And then Known Agenda comes rolling in and just blows it out, which kind of confirms that the Florida circuit was down. Now you have to decide how good is that win from Known Agenda because it beat a weak Florida circuit, did it impressively, but still, you got to decide how how impressive that run was from that specific course. So it, it, you are kind of forecasting. And, and as for like year over year consistency, it, it really depends from year to year. So you've got to be able to, to adjust on the fly. Generally, California horses have done well because Bob Baffert's won three of the last six derbies. He's sure. a California trainer. So you're going to see him have some success. But uh, I, I would say it's a, a year over every year. You're kind of reassessing which region you think is the best. And this year, I would I would rank. Uh, Florida the best, or I'm sorry, California the best, Louisiana would probably be second, um, then probably known agenda down in Florida. Uh, well, actually, the, the Lexington circuit did well, too. But it, so y the top three are definitely, in my mind, California, that, that mid-America mid pack, and then Louisiana. I love it, man. That's good. That it, is a great, yeah, the, great. The college, yeah, the college, like, power five conference analogy is just perfect for that, isn't it? Or yeah, it's, it really you know, is. You, you do need to take a look at, and it, it does become tricky. It almost became like this year where it's like, oh, these teams didn't, some of these teams didn't play non-conference schedules and they got to be really weird trying to evaluate some of these teams. So, <clears throat> Any of the uh, especially well-known trainers or jockeys having a great 2021? Uh, well, I mean, Brad, uh, uh, so Brad Cox has the favorite with essential quality. He's got another horse in there in Mandaloon. So he's having a pretty darn good year and, and he's got the favorite in the Oaks as well. Um, Pletcher, Todd Pletcher is back. Uh, he had a couple down years. I think he's got five in the gate this year, four or five. Um, so he's, he's absolutely stacked in that sense. Um, and he's the one with known agenda coming in from Florida as well as a, a handful of others. And one of the ones that I'm going to probably talk about a little later at a big price. Um, so the two of them are, are coming in hot. And then, I mean, look, Bob Baffert probably had the best three-year-old that got hurt and he's coming in here with Medina spirit, uh, who absolutely just, <laughs> Came out, came drew drew spades, man, in that draw. Medina Spirit was the big winner this morning in that that in the Derby draw. Oh, I love this. Okay, um, how about how about Jackie's been pretty even? Uh, it's yeah. been pretty fair. I mean, look, Flavian okay. Pratt generally uh, rides very well, um, and so he's he's on uh, Hot Rod Charlie this year, the nine horse. Uh, Rosario, Saez, uh, Mike Smith, kind of the, the usual suspects, right? John Velasquez, um, the, the guys that you you've seen before, the ones you want to look at again here. Got it, got it, got it. Um, Cox's as a trainer has never won the derby right this would be he is not no no he uh he did have a, a huge run with monomoy girl last year to win the oaks so he's looking oh, or, or two years back right. two years back yes. to win the oaks so yes 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 he, he, and he won the oaks again last year so he's he's had a lot of luck on the philly side and we'll talk a little bit about his progression with essential quality a little later because he's the, the, people are comparing essential quality to monomoy girl and the way the two horses have progressed and this is the third start off the layoff for essential quality just like monomoy girls oaks win was the third start off the layoff as well Ah, uh, so people are drawing parallels. Ah, interesting, interesting. Because <laughs> I was trying to, I couldn't really put the pieces together as to why essential quality was this overwhelming favorite. Like, I get it after seeing the draw play out. That was a good, I, at least I think. I think that was a that was a good, um, uh, you know, outcome for the favorite. Um, but as I guess when you sit down and watch the draw, what are a couple of the key um, key aspects you're thinking about as you're evaluating on the fly? Well, for me, the draw was huge this year. Um, sometimes, like last year, Tizalaw was going to be the favorite. Tizalaw was the best horse who yeah. could overcome almost any post position if he ran to his best game, right? The last couple of years, we've had horses like that. This year, 
look, any horse could could be upgraded or downgraded based off this draw because there is not a superstar in here. Yeah, essential quality is five for five. There's there's no red flags with essential quality, but essential quality also has even numbers with about four or five other horses in this field. So it's not like it, essential quality lays over everybody and can just you know draw the one or the twenty post and be able to win easily. So for me, the big key going into this year, because you don't have a pure just speedball horse, Cattle River was in the Derby, but scratched out yeah. a couple days ago. Inside speed is a huge key because it's the horse that can get to the first turn first. It's going to end up in the lead through that first quarter mile and through the first half mile. And there were about six speed horses and the inside speed drew the eight post and the eight post is Medina Spirit. And Bob Baffert is going to send Medina Spirit with Velasquez aboard. The same combination that won the Derby with Authentic last year going gate to wire. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And something as I looked at some of these horses too, and maybe I'm just talking out of my ass and I haven't been looking at horses <laughs> long enough, but I feel like, and has it gotten harder over the years when, or, and I guess this is the first question to, f to end up at that follow-up question, but it's like, are they racing less? Like, and again, you talked about the insurance, you talked about the four-year-olds not racing hardly at all, but like, are we getting fewer races to judge some of these horses as we go year to year to year and uh, compared to like past years? And what kind of challenges does that present? Because like, you, there's some of these horses like, oh, they ran this many times, but like, you know, they switched from turf to dirt and maybe has only a couple dirt starts. And it's, how, how are we judging a horse like this? It's one of the biggest problems. I mean, uh, because of the cost of these horses and because they are worth so much money at stud, you're seeing less and less races. Um, and so, like, we didn't even see some of the best horses debut until December or January. Justify, who won the Triple Crown, didn't debut until January. Um, the Essential Quality, who's your favorite here, ran three races a two-year-old, ran three races, it's two races a three-year-old. This is the third start, right? So we don't, we don't get to see these horses nearly as much. Rock Your World, to me, is one of those just head scratchers. Two turf starts, wins the Santa Anita Derby with the best number of any horse in the field, and is now going to make its second start ever on dirt in the Kentucky Derby, going a mile and a quarter, which it's never run. It's like so five it, to one. Yeah. And oh, oh, by the way, that's your second favorite because yeah, yeah. nothing can go wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about then some of the uh, the, the specific um, uh, names here at the top. Um, we've, we've mentioned essential quality a couple of times. Uh, and pretty clearly, this would be uh, this would be a big step forward for trainer. Uh, or, you know, for Cox, who has yet to win the Kentucky Derby, as mentioned. Um, but maybe the most interesting story around essential quality is what price does he close? Because there's some news floating around that there may be a nuclear bomb that is dropped in the wind pool on essential quality uh, by um, none of the mattress Mac. Yeah, man, coming in from the top rope. I mean, <laughs> he he's playing, he's doing a promotion just like he's done with the Astros before with the Super Bowl, right? Where he's giving 150% store credit to anyone who's bought a mattress in the last three months if the favorite wins the Derby. He's estimating <laughs> his exposure is up to $4 million right now. That's a lot of mattresses. That's a lot of freaking mattresses, man. Like, who knew? <laughs> um, <laughs> so $4 million exposure on a two-to-one horse would mean logic says you got to bet Two million bucks. Well, we're in a paramutual pool. So that $2 million wager is going to shorten the odds of the horse. Uh, last year, there was $18 million in the wind pool. He would be representing 10% of the total wind pool of last year if he does did do that. Now, wow. 2019, eight, 2018, and 2017 were 36, 38, and 41 or so. Okay. Okay. So those, because of the pandemic, the handle was down last year because horse racing decided it was a good idea to go against college football. That didn't work out so well. Uh, so I expect the, the handle will get back up this year, and you're probably going to see something in the mid-30s. 
but he's still going to represent a minimum of 5% of the pool. And if the horse drops down to somewhere in the seven to five, six to five range, you're looking at another million to $2 million he's got to put in to actually head the bet. <laughs> So this is kind of a story that's going to continue here. Now, he's saying he's going to wire the money to Churchill Downs, so it's going to go directly in the Churchill Downs parimutuel pool. But it is, if it happens, and there's no guarantee he's going to make the bet, right? We got there's, there's definitely that part of it. He's already gotten the marketing out of this. Um, <laughs> but if he does make the bet, it's going to crush anything. Like, I wouldn't bet essential quality on race day. I wouldn't bet essential quality two to one, let alone trying to bet the horses six to five. And, and you know, I mentioned this earlier, it means that the value on essential quality is playing in the fixed market pool. Cause right yeah. now you can get anywhere from, you know, two to one yep. to, to two plus two seventy five, or king it up in that, that uh, Oaks Derby double. And I, I like travel column quite a bit on Friday in the Oaks. So you can get three to one on travel column. If you like essential quality, the value is not going to be to bet essential quality to win in the Derby. The value is going to be to play into it with a daily double in the Oaks or to play a pick three or pick four, or pick five or pick six or whatever pick you want to do into that Derby and single them in the last. Um, but it's it's going to create havoc in that wind pool because it's such a large percentage of it if it actually happens. Have you heard if he has anyone? I know because when he does these promotions and, you know, mattresses and furniture he sells, and then he bets on the Astros, he bets on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know he, like he had some people out in Vegas helping him to, uh, you know, the best plan of action. You know, it was more than just the bet he made. He was getting some perks on the side for taking the numbers he took. Like it was a big negotiation. Does he have someone helping him with it? Because this is such a different, this is not just sports betting. Hey, we're taking Tampa plus three and a half. This no. is like, like you said, you have to do some forward thinking math. You have to do some projecting what you think the pool will be, how much your wager will move the pool. Like is, is he bringing, he has to be bringing in some outside help on that. And like, how much do you think, I mean, do, do you think if he does, you know, let's just say it's 3 million and it represents 10% of the pot there. Does it, does it close an even money favorite then? I mean, if, if you end up with that 18 million bet as last year, yeah, you're looking at even money with a $3 million mm -hmm. bet. Right. I mean, you know, in a 40 million dollar pool, there's a little more uh, like equity in other horses there that you're not going to get get hammered down as much. But, you know, a 40 million dollar pool uh, in 2019, uh, there was about four point nine million bet and the horse went off at four to one as the favorite. If he's hmm. dropping three million and four point nine was the favorite in a 40 million dollar pool, it's staggering how much it's going to be. And on top of that, look, the, the general public that's going to go there and Joe Public's betting ten dollars to win, twenty dollars to win, fifty dollars to win. They bet the favorite more than anyone else, and they don't know the difference in value between two to one and nine to five and eight to five. They want the horse that's most likely to win because they like cashing tickets. So it's the, yeah. the price isn't going to force the, the the general public and the people that aren't trying to, to make money off this to move away from essential quality. They're so you're going to have that public money still just rolling in, and then you're yeah. going to have this $3 million bet rolling in. What happens if he only he bets with one minute left? And no one knows it's going in there until that last <laughs> second because that would actually be the smart thing to do if you're in. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. For because sure. it gives you a better idea of what the price is going to be. But, man, it will, yeah. like, imagine if a $3 million wager hits be right before the gates break. The price change between when that horse walks in and walks out is going to be astronomical. Um, oh, yeah. And to, to answer your question, yeah, this is a completely different game. No one in Vegas has taken a $2 million fixed odds bet. Zero chance, right? Yeah, zero. Zero, uh, zero. No. And, and why would Churchill Downs do it? They get 15% takeout. They want them yeah, to bet. They, they win. Yeah, yeah. Massive, massive, massive win for horse racing in general. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, a parimutuel pool would be elated. 
Yeah, um, it's, it's not like yeah, it's not like the sports books when they say when there's a future and we're down to the final four teams or something like oh we'd have a good win on this team and a bad it'd be yeah. bad if this team win it'd be like if one of the if if the horses cross the finish line we get fifteen percent like that's yeah, how it works yeah. exactly and there's no way to mitigate risk on a two million dollar fixed yeah. odds back you're not getting enough money in the other mm-hmm. players um, it, it is a huge benefit to if you like anyone else I mean because that's sure. the other part of this you got to talk about right if if someone okay. if if you have Joe Public betting three million dollars on a horse. You're getting inflated odds on everybody else. It doesn't help that we're starting low too. The morning line on two of two to one is already creeping. Yeah. Um, and the, I'm guessing that is because of the draw. 14, uh, pretty favorable because of the way this sets up from a pace standpoint. So let's pivot a little bit to pace. And you kind of you kind of give me the the pros and cons here about what makes a perfect trip for a, or what's a, what's a what's a dream run for essential quality here? Because as you mentioned, Medina Spirit and the eight. Uh, is your early speed horse now the Cato River is scratched? You also have Midnight Bourbon. He's a, he's what ten. Yep. Um, so you have two horses inside the fourteen essential quality who we're going to send send just being max power out of the gate. No 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 um, you know no throttle. Um, and then the you know likely uh, co- you're not you're, I guess second choice here. Rock your world fifteen just outside of essential quality wants to, wants to you know to tag along for lack of a better word, wants to be part of that lead pack, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And then potentially maybe Soup and Sandwich, other early speed horse coming from the outside, just goes yep. nuts out of the gate. Um, those four, assuming that they take off and that they lead a relatively brisk pace for the first quarter and half of this race, um, where is essential quality here? Is he, you know, he's following, he's getting a little bit of a, a brisk start and he's set up well to close. What are your, what are your thoughts on a dream race for, for EQ? Yeah. I mean, he, essential quality really is going to want to sit behind what I think is going to be five horses who are going to be out on the lead. So I, I think the four that you mentioned are all going to go as well as the nine horse hot rod, Charlie, okay. um, the fastest two horses period are Medina spirit and Rocky world. I, I like midnight bourbon has been on the lead, but midnight bourbon has been on the lead in 48 seconds. Uh, you know, he, he runs his first quarter in 23 seconds. Um, Medina Spirit ran a 22:44, right? So seconds faster than than what Midnight Bourbon's been able to do. So I expect that Mid- that Medina Spirit gets the lead, and you're going to see uh, Rock Your World sitting in second to his outside going into that first turn. Uh, you know, Essential Quality is this is why Essential Quality is a favorite, right? Like I said, there's no red flags, and the horse is really versatile. Last time he was two lengths behind uh, Highly Motivated, who was out in the 17 post and was able to get the job done at Keeneland. But when he won at a mile and a 16th in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, he was eight lengths back early. So able to, to close into a little bit faster of a pace. I would expect you're going to see essential quality kind of mid pack, you know, we'll call it like the sixth, seventh, eighth position sitting five or six lengths off the lead around that first turn and pretty comfortable. Um, the key really is he's not had to face this type of pace before, right? If, if they go 22 and change, and I, I would expect that's what you're going to see in the opening quarter. And then you can probably see a low 46 somewhere in there. He's gonna. It's it's going to stress him for the first time. He's not seen those type of fractions in front of him, and a lot of people say, "Well, that means there's a ton of pace to run into." That also means he's running a second faster than he is used to, sitting five to six lengths behind the leader. So he's going to have to up his early speed as well to keep up. And how's that going to affect his kick? First time going a mile and a quarter. Great, great point. Um, the I guess what 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 is what is holding Medina Spirit's morning line price? down here like i i i you know the way you've laid this out or at least the way that it it seems set up from the timing medina spirit and rock your world 
this could be a two horse race for most of the race. And what happens that that uh, derails that or, you know, is there a potential for a pace meltdown? Like these courses just can't do it for that long. You know, what's the what's the you know, what brings them back to the pack? There always is that potential. Um, <clears throat> but in horse racing, especially in a 20 horse field, it's a lot better to be at the front than the back. <laughs> you can't sure. get in any trouble when you're in front of everybody else. You don't get blocked. You don't get bumped. You don't get a bad trip. You don't go wide. Um, and that's why you see so many derby winners in that first four in that first call. They, they're usually closer to the pace. They're either on the lead or stalking the lead so that they're able to get a clean trip and, and make someone catch them. It's the first time all these horses are going a mile and a quarter. It's a long distance to be running. And well, most of them are going a mile and a quarter. There's a couple that have gone it. So it, it's a long distance to try and run that far. And, and a lot of them just get tired toward the end. It's a lot harder to pass when you're tired. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think that looking at horses like Medina Spirit and Rock Your World are, are, are ones you've got to take a long look at. And you know, 15 to 1 on Medina Spirit to me seems like a, an absolute steal right now. Yeah. And you talk about some, <clears throat> not all these horses. It goes back to like, hey, this horse has run like four times. Yes. And, you know, not all these horses have run this length yet. How much weight do you put in that? Because again, you can say like, well, it's, it's it was one race, but again, it's like, oh, it was also twenty percent of their lifetime races at the same <laughs> time. Like, do you put a lot of weight into that? Because you know, it, it is an extra furlong or two for some of these horses that haven't run this distance. And I mean, have we seen that uh, as a historical marker for success, or are there are there horses just able to overcome that? And you know. Uh, are they certain types of horses too? You know, you could have like a, somebody in that second pack stalking. Maybe it's not such a strain on them going that extra distance if they're if they're holding back off the pace and they can close. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it goes into breeding. Um, and like you said, there's just not that many data points right now with some of these horses. So you are projecting out how they're going to look. Some people are very into the gallop out. So how well are they running after the wire in some of those races to kind of help project how well they run long? A lot of people look at the final furlong, how fast they went in their previous races. And the, the faster, obviously, the better, because if you're slowing down and you're going two more furlongs, probably going to slow down even more, right? So um, that's another projection that people look at. Sires are very important. Certain sires just get distance better. They're, they, they're, the, the sons and daughters of those horses want to go further. And so that's something that a lot of people will reject out as well, just without that many data points. I mean, one of the horses I like that's 50 to 1 is Sainthood. This is Sainthood's third race. Like, it's it's crazy to try and figure out how much this horse is going to actually be able to project out. But, uh, like, a lot of it is watching replays. And, and you watch, yeah. he ran in the Jeff Ruby Stakes stakes last time, spelled like a stake, too. Yeah, uh, you know, because, hey, why not? I love We're a good stake stake. <laughs> gimmicky in horse racing. Uh, so he ran, he was a price in that race, but got absolutely shut off and was able to re-rally. And you just saw the professionalism. And, and for a horse that's that young, that hasn't started that much, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that extra effort. Horse clearly wanted the distance, clearly was trying hard, should improve stretching out. And yeah, it's a huge step forward for the horse, but a 50 to one, I'll throw a few shekels on it and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, got a good draw. Five <laughs> five is a winning five is a winning slot. Um, Why not? I mean, it's, it's not perfect, but that's that's uh, it's not one. Uh, speaking <laughs> of one, you know, this well, is and a, then just quick on saying yeah, it too, especially you know, with that second effort there, and how we at the um, I get to say it too, the Jeff Ruby stakes stakes, <laughs> like it, maybe not the worst horse to use in some some exotics, you know, somebody I mean, that will, will be there at the end, even if you're not getting that big, big price. I'm going to definitely use it in, in the, the third and fourth spots in the superfecta, maybe even the second, third, and fourth, third, and second, and third spots in a trifecta to try and really balloon the prices because if if you get one number. This thing pays like crazy. Um, and they have a $1 super high five. 
which god, god damn good luck if you yeah. can get there man you're 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 getting stacks back so it's uh it, he's a horse that, that's definitely usable there as well but it, it yeah there's a lot of betting options here and he's a great underneath horse cool 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 um he's a top pleasure horse he is and interestingly enough uh one of the horses that came into this race pre-draw with a ton of buzz was another todd pletcher horse named known agenda um jockey irad ortiz jr and just you know seeing his pedigree florida derby winner irad jockey pletcher trainer you're this horse is gonna get bet like curling he's horse. gonna he's gonna he's gonna curling horse. yeah all, checks all the boxes this <laughs> this horse is gonna get bet lo and yes, behold yes. he lands the one <laughs> and they still right had a morning line of six to one for this guy. He probably would have been a second choice if he had gotten a better draw. I'm guessing, looking at how this is shaping up. Um, are there any wrinkles about the new? I've heard a couple people say this the new gate, it isn't as bad for the one. If the rail's running good, this might not be bad. You know, like, you know, they, I've heard people trying to talk themselves into <laughs> we can't toss known agenda. Are you more ready to toss now between the price not being right and between this, uh, you know, the, the, the bad luck of the one draw? I so uh, this was one of the horses I was pretty high on going into the draw. Um, I was pretty disappointed when we saw the one post come up for known agenda. The, everything that everyone's saying is true. It's a new gate, so there's no auxiliary gate anymore. It's one gate with 20 stalls, but it's actually 22 stalls. So there is a, a empty stall to the inside to give a little bit more room on the rail. If someone scratches out, the first move is to move them out a post, which is huge. So okay. if, if they do get a scratch, he'll go to the two post, which will give them even more room. And then it's, it's not as big of an issue. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not an ideal place. I, if, if someone's going to make the argument for known agenda, the actual argument to me is the two through seven have no speed at all. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like, that does look problematic. It, so if, if known agenda breaks okay, known agenda can be on the inside in that second flight, which is a great place to be. It's actually where you right. want to be. So because of the horses in two through seven, I actually don't think this one draw is as bad for known agenda as it could be. Um, and you're going to have like, look, if the, if the eight, nine, 10, 15 and seven and eight, 19, all want to clear and go to the lead that, and you have the, the horses from two to seven backing up, that's going to create a pocket. That's just like perfect for this horse. So, I mean, I wouldn't completely throw out known agenda because of the rail draw. It's not ideal. Uh, I would want more value than six to one. I would hope for something around 10 to 12 to one on race day. I'm looking to bet known agenda to win. But I also will probably include this horse in a couple of my multi-race wagers. Like I yeah. think that, that using him in that last leg is is something that there is going to be some value in because I think a lot of people are are auto chucking. I think that's a little bit uh, a little bit extreme. Okay. Yeah, it was one of the horses I'd picked out real quickly, and then I looked before I looked at the draw. Like I did this this afternoon. I looked at all the horses, then I looked at the draw. Shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> you've made me feel a little better, but I also wonder: can it go one of two ways? When you're sitting in that spot and the next five, six horses next to you are slower, it's either you break out and they're left behind you and you're in that second group or you run with that group of slower horses and you're in the third group and you're dead from the start. Yeah, that's that's the fear, right? That you get shuffled back from that post is that, you know, one or two of those horses go in front of you. You end up going with the two or the three horse and all of a sudden you're sitting in 15th with mud getting mud kicked in your back in your face. You're stuck on the rail absolutely the worst place to be because yeah you know outside being four wide and 15th is much better yeah you're losing ground but at least you can just go out to the five path and start passing horses like if you're between the rail and a horse and you've got a horse in front of you slowing down where are you gonna go and that's the issue really with that one post is that you, it's so hard to work out a trip if you have multiple horses in between you and the leader on the rail that makes sense um the uh i guess let's let's go through real quick uh and and do the important part which is throw some out 
Um, this looks to me like a an ideal uh, race that you can be pretty aggressive striking some of these names. Two, three, four, like the King, Brooklyn Strong, keep me in mind, look like they have zero chance. I am striking them. Even Obesos looks like he has zero chance. Too damn slow. The And if we go from 20 up, I'm similarly saying that about Bourbonic. Uh, Soup and Sandwich gets burned out. Superstock, I don't think, uh, has anywhere close to the quality and highly motivated just because he's in uh, in gate th- gate seventeen. The damned the damned seventeen spot. I would not. I guess we. But I'm going to bet quick. the seventeen spot until it wins. <laughs> yeah. I'm Martindaling it. I don't care. It's been no, a rough 146 we're, we're years with seventeen. Yeah, we're, we're numbers guys. Uh, why is seventeen cursed? Well, okay. The honest answer is sample size, right? So okay. they they went to twenty horses in nineteen thirty. So it's only been it's only been eighty or ninety years that it's been, it's been cursed for. And you also have some derbies where you don't have a seventeen horse, right? Because you've been scratched down. Um, you've and the other part of it is it's kind of just luck too, because you've won in the sixteen post, you've won in the eighteen post, you've won in the nineteen post, you've won in the twenty post. So it's 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 not illogical to think that the seventeen post will eventually be able to break through. Um, it wasn't great in the auxiliary because there was a gap. And so that definitely hurt the, the 17. Um, but now that we have that single gate, I would say that anyone from like 15 out are pretty much in the same boat at that point. Okay. Um, so, all right. Well, I'm still striking highly motivated. I, I, I agree with you. We can strike highly probably motivated. Chad, Chad Brown's going to win some turf races. He ain't winning the derby. Sorry. Um, the, <laughs> King uh, Fury. King Fury. Scratch. Hidden Out stash. Scratch. Helium. Scratch. Dynamic one. Scratch. Midnight bourbon. Scratch. I'm down to... One, two, three, four, five, six realistic contenders here. I, I sorry, seven. I, I skipped seven. known agenda because I maybe I was a, maybe I was a little too quick to pull the trigger on known agenda. We'll say seven. We're looking at known agenda, sainthood, our long shot, uh, Medina Spirit, who we've talked about, essential quality, and rock your world, who we've talked about. Um, Hot Rod Charlie, I'm a little lukewarm on. I don't think he's fast enough ultimately. Um, but the, I guess the the one I'm really curious about, the one who's I would dub this year's wise guy horse, uh, and these guys never win, by the way, <laughs> is Mandaloon. <laughs> Why is Mandaloon the wise guy horse? Um, and I guess should I be a little bit more uh, open minded about his 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 uh, his chances here? Well, okay, Mandaloon's a tough one, right? Because first off, I, I mentioned this a week ago. You get thirty to three to one on the fixed price market. A week ago, now you're getting fifteen to one. That right there, in my mind, sucks. Like you wanted it yeah, last sure, week, if sure. you're going to get in, right? Like, yeah. Um, so why is Mandaloon the, the wise guy horse? Well, Mandaloon was a top four contender before the Louisiana Derby, and you know, much like an NFL game where a team is just flat, Mandaloon was just flat in that race. Went off as sure. the favorite, had the biggest buyer in the entire crop before that race with a 98 buyer in the previous win. Had beaten Midnight Bourbon and Proxy in back to back races. Actell. Beaten Midnight Bourbon in back-to-back race. I think Proxy got him in the one right before it. Um, and so you you have these this setup where the horse is progressing nicely. This is a Brad Cox horse who's been getting better and better. Um, and then that Louisiana Derby was just too bad to believe. Sure. And that's, that's like when you just have one of those data points and you, you look at it and you have five data points, you look at one of them and you're like, that's just illogical. The, the best thing to do as a race player is to throw that data point out because okay. you're going to have a lot of people that look at that data point and say, well, the one data point that sucks is the one I'm going to look at. I'm not going to look at the four <laughs> positive prior to it because the one that was bad was the last race. Sure. And, and people put way too much weight on the last race when they're handicapping. You need to look at, at the best efforts of a horse. And if it recreates those efforts, is that good enough to win? And in Mandaloon's case, the answer is yes. I mean, if this horse okay. runs back to the race two back, 
15 to one is going to look like an absolute steal. And the fact of the matter is Hot Rod Charlie, who's your second choice, Midnight Bourbon, who's in this race, who's 20 to one. This horse is a dollar 30 favorite. So basically, basically six to five in that, that Louisiana Derby. And so the betting market loved it. The futures market loved it. It was considered a top four horse. And because of one data point, it's now 33 to one and now 15 to one in the morning line. That's why you're getting so much action on this horse from the wise guys. Okay. 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 Oh, it's, it's, it's just like the Patriots playing the Dolphins that one game every year and they, they're, they're favored by 15. Yeah, and you, yeah, you do love that game. And then they go, they got out of Miami as a two touchdown favorite, lose outright. And yeah. Well, and that's the thing. The NFL market doesn't adjust them like crazy. No. Again, different kind of sample size, different kind of game. But yeah, that does seem wild based off one. I mean, have you heard any any chatter, any talk about why the horse ran that way in that? Like, you know, you can't talk to a horse. Yeah, his girlfriend, like, his girlfriend yeah, break like, up yeah, with or something. You know, <laughs> did you not have coffee that day? What was going on? Wrong kind of oats. Yeah, it's it's funny because like the trainer said, oh, he just had a bad day and just didn't run well, and, and we're not really sure why. But the problem with trainers is they lie, man. Like sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. you can't you can't trust anything. Like I love trainers, don't get me wrong, but they're they're propaganda machines for their horse, and they're not going to tell you what the horse is actually doing because they have to strategically figure out the best way to win the race. So like people ask, you know, Bob Baffer, you can send Medina Spirit. He's not going to tell the truth. Like, come on, like, this is yeah. this is the strategy of the big game, right? You're not going to give that away. So. Um, there was no concrete reason why, but like every other horse at the Derby, he looks like he's working out like a monster and he's the best horse ever. And like, that's the other problem with it. Every workout is an amazing workout um, when you get to the Derby week. So yeah. he had a couple ones where he looked like he was just ready to roll. And, and that's why people are starting to get high on him because he looks great over the Churchill track. And you have a couple data points that, that are good enough to win this race. Florent Drew doesn't hurt. Mandaloon no. is a cool name. Like I get it. <laughs> well, and that, that's the thing too. Like for the people that do pay attention, the people that track, you know, who's he running with in practice, who's he doing the, you know, what's he doing in these practices, and you, you can really start to suss out. Well, it probably was just a bad race, or it's like, well, he had a bad race, and now he looks laggy in practice, and things aren't going well, and he's been a little testy. It's like, well, this is now what this horse is forty to one. Exactly. And that's and the fact that you've seen that move in the market and that, that people who know horses are confident about it, it, it kind of even directs you more to say that that was a fluke of a race, right? Because yeah. if, you, if, you, if you see the, the opposite action in the market and you see the horse going from 33 to 1 to 45 to 1 and the workout's not great, it's much harder to say that that was a fluke. Um, but because of, of the way the market's moving and how he's looking, you, you got to think the horse is going to run pretty big. And, and like I said, he's got a 98 buyer to back. If he if he it's like logical improvement every time out right now for three year olds because they're still growing into themselves. If, if he improves five to ten percent, he's got the best buyer in the field, and that's scary. Oh man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So okay, I'm keeping him in the mix, even though he's the wise guy horse, and they're always they, they always get mushed. That's okay. Um, he's, he's another one I like underneath. I, I okay, think he, okay. I think he's I, like I, I I like the thirty three to one price, the fifteen to one price. I still think there's a little value because I don't expect him to go off on race day at that number. Sure. Um, but for my bets, I'm I'm probably going to use him underneath versus on top. You know, he he reminds me of by my standards. You know that that was a horse that everybody was like just couldn't get enough of the week of. He was looking so good, and then just a non factor in the race. Um, it it is funny too. Him. The you know the oh just working out like a monster, just eating up the track right now. It's just like it's like NFL pre like oh best shape of my life. Best yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. Fast, faster than we've ever seen this kid. You know, it's, just, it's it's the same kind of propaganda you get exactly. Everywhere. All right, so let's let's real. okay. So let's let's put Sainthood in his own box for right now because right. you really you really want to be you want to use him a little bit differently. 
right? Mm -hmm. And how you're constructing your cards. But I, but for, you know, kind of constructing a fair winner for the pick fours, um, I still can't go to bat with six. We got to narrow this down some. Uh, You're right. Essential quality, he's got to go. Price is just not, it's not going to be right. Right. You know, it's going to be way too, you know, that what's it, what is it, underlay or overlay? He's going to be in, uh, well, underlay, yeah, under the he's price. Gonna be, be under, he's going to be under a fair price, right? Yeah. Um, so let's toss essential quality, even though for all the reasons mentioned, he's a reasonable favorite. <laughs> yes. um, uh, can we toss Rock Your World? I am going to, and this is my controversial move. Okay. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are high on Rock Your World, but like, look, it goes back to, and, and to me, this is, this is not a one-of-one situation. This is a one-of- you know, hundreds of situations. I play a lot of horses. So I'm not trying, I'm trying to hit it the, over the t- long term of playing horses, I'm trying to win. I want to win every year, not every day, every month, every week. Rock Your World is just doing too many things that are new to me. And you have a, a trainer that's known for not shipping well. And yep. he's shipping this horse out here. It's the second time over dirt. It's a logical bounce angle off that good of a race because he ran yep. so well. Now you're coming back and you're, you're asking the horse to go longer, second time on dirt. And go back and watch the Santa Anita Derby. To me, that is the key. When you watch that race, the faster horse out of the gate was Medina Spirit. And John Velasquez <laughs> holds the reins in. And, and he allows Rocky World to get the lead. And right into the turn, a 45 to 1 shot splits the two of them and veers out three wide and sends Medina Spirit four to five wide. Sounds like Rocky delicious. World sitting on the lead on the inside, comfortable. And so you look at that race Thanks, and you're wondering. Yeah, right? Like, well, guess what? If John Velasquez wants to lead, John Velasquez is getting the lead this time. Yeah. And you're now the inside speed in the derby on the Bob Baffert horse? I know. The that, that, and the fact that Baffert I, I, didn't send a Philly for the Oaks, he cares about this race. Yeah. And he's not only that, I, I put this, I put him on my list. I like the horse. And then I started to look at like, oh, like this is a turf horse for most of its tiny little career. And then had one really good dirt race. And then I looked at the price and it's like, that sucks. Like that, yep. I I might win. Huge buyer number. Hasn't lost as a three-year-old. Won a big race. But like you said, coming from all the way getting shipped out here and then hasn't run much on dirt at that number. It's like, yeah, it's probably it's probably on my list of it's gonna get thrown in some exotics because it's you know, it has another run like that and some things get wild. You know, you talked about what happened in that race. Like there's 20 damn horses. Like shit's going to happen in this race too. Things happen. So, uh, you know, a horse with that kind of number, I can't ignore, but yeah, I, I'm not excited about having a single ticket anymore. I'll tell you what I am getting excited about is Medina spirit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't want to pick. I, I got a jack. So my, my derby pick right now is Medina spirit. If you can't tell yet, like yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not yeah, going to bear. You sold us. Oh, you want me to go to war with a Bob Baffert horse at 15 to one? Fine. Fine. I'll do it. Yeah, twisted my arm. You got it. And me. I didn't. I didn't even want to. Like I, when I started capping this, I didn't want to pick this horse. Sure. But then you start watching replays, and then you look yeah. at the post position draw. And, and the other problem with Rocky World in the fifteen post is, let's say that the eight, nine, ten, and fifteen all send. You're sitting four wide on that first turn. Yeah. Like, and then you're going four wide, four wide, and, and the horse you have to beat is sitting on the inside, comfortable. I mean, it's just, it's not great. And and then the price and that the combination of those two just means that that rock your world is, is one that I'm going to let beat me. And if it does, so be it. So I don't sound like an idiot, Medina or Medina. Uh, I believe it's Medina spirit. Medina. So, okay. I've been saying no, Medina. Medina. I'm picking with it at this point. <laughs> I was thinking about it too, because of the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm okay. going, it's a California yeah. thing. They don't, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to toss no agenda. He's in the mix. I, I'm not like going to toss hot rod Charlie, although I kind of want to. I kind of think he's not good enough to win, 
Yeah. He and Midnight Bourbon are both of those horses where they're like Johnny Tryhard, man. They're both going to give their best effort, but man, they're not quite as good as everybody else. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, the fact that this could be a a relatively honest pace and that he's a, what's his running style? P. Oh, he's an early, he's EP3. Like, that's, that doesn't match, that doesn't mesh well with the rest of this group. The the problem with both of those, especially, is they're going to have to really push themselves to be where they want to be position wise true so yes I would yeah be, and he's I would gonna have squished between medina spirit and, and midnight bourbon out of the gate and so you you either have to overexert yourself early to be in the position you want or have to do com- something completely new and come from mid-pack and in both of those cases i don't want to bet a horse in a 20 horse field who has to do something different than what's yeah. gotten them there okay especially okay. at like eight to one right now you yeah. know if, if it drifted out Maybe a little bit, but yeah, and every right. everything too is just number wise. Like you, you got to look at that price. There's some horses I fell in love with again, and it's like, oh, at that price, not so much. And again, mm-hmm. it, it it is wide open. There's a lot of horses in that. It felt like I, I can't remember this many horses in like the the six to twelve, six to fifteen range. It felt like there's there's a heavy favorite, there's a second favorite, and then there's a couple and a big drop off. And you have massive numbers. This is like the old school derbies. I mean, even even the maximum security year in 2019, where the favorite went off at four to one, and then you had a, a nine to two, and then there was one other horse under ten to one. Right? I mean, those those years are fun. This year's going to be fun, and I, I think we have a beatable favorite, which makes it even more fun to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You want you want so my finish my uh, if I, my uh, predicted finish here. Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Eight five one. That, I mean, I would a, be that just gives us a beauty of a trifecta. Do a super, yeah. though. I mean, if you're going to do it, do a super. 8517. Okay, I can get with that. I can get behind that. I mean, if that comes in 8517, I, I don't even know if I'll have to do a podcast on Monday. We'll put it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, checking with them, the yacht store opens. Yeah. <laughs> How does the yacht store open? Yeah. 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 You don't know what time the yacht store opens? Yeah. Man, you're poor. I, um, I think the yacht store is always open if you have enough yeah. money. That's the answer. <laughs> Call the yacht owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, speaking of. Yacht store, real quick before we move to the quick couple quick thoughts on the Kentucky Oaks. Um, you mentioned the Bitcoin podcast we've been doing, yeah. Um, and just in general, the handle uh, for um, racing is down weirdly because it was one of the only things that was going on during COVID sports wise. I felt like that was like, oh my gosh, this could be the thing that saves racing, but no, instead, there was you know, most the biggest story last year was all negative stuff mm-hmm. really last two years all negative um and you know there's a little bit of momentum this year but the damn draft is kind of you know taking some of the glory that's fine um when does when does the paramutual pool start start accepting bitcoin that's the most important question really because <sighs> i it, mean honestly there are there are a lot of people who are dying to gamble and they're all doing it all with cryptocurrency right now and we need to get this money into the paramutual pool somehow. <laughs> like, was, who do we talk to? Who do I, I need th- to teach how to use Bitcoin? It's it's amazing, man. Like, the, horse racing has one general problem. There is no governing body, right? Sure. So all of these are corporations that run the tracks that are all out to make the most money for themselves. You got different rules in every state. There's like, And, and so you have to find a company that wants to be forward thinking. Um, if you're going to do that, I would lean towards Stronic Group. They're the ones who kind of pushes the buttons a lot of times. Uh, they own five or six different tracks, including Gulfstream Park, San Anita Park, uh, Golden Gate Fields, Laurel Park, Pimlico. So they, they're ones that you could see trying to make a move like that. Um, but they don't take direct bets. And that's one of the biggest problems. You got to go through an ADW. 
So then you're looking at like TVG or you're looking at Naira Bets, someone like that that has to take Bitcoin. Um, and they only can accept bets in certain states. And so it's just this laundry list of problems that horse racing lives in the, just its archaic age in that sense, where they're, they're not trying to be as creative as they should be. I mean, I like you give me a governing. If you let me be horse racing czar, I could make this product wonderful. And that's why like a lot of horse racing people love horse racing because it's it's exhilarating. You have a, like action every 30 minutes and you can completely just turn the page from a, a loss. And at the same time, you feel like you're trying to solve a puzzle. You know, and with sports betting, it can be tough sometimes. It's math heavy to me, right? You have to really rely on numbers and, and predictive analytics. With horse racing, there's more nuance to it. You have to understand what the goal of the trainer is and the, the goal of the owner, what they're trying to strive for. Is this a, a prep race or is this when the horse is going to be fully loaded? What about progression? Is this a logical time for the horse to take a step forward? you got to go through all of that. And it's more of a puzzle feature in that sense than it is just a kind of mathematical problem. Yeah, it, it seems like it might be a ways out. And honestly, like, with everything we've experienced in, you know, just you can't use TVG in some states. You yes. can't, you know, some states are, we're going state by state with legalized betting. There's all kinds of restrictions. It just actually kind of blows my mind that I can bet on all the different tracks in the country and other countries, truthfully. The fact that you can do that feels like a win because it feels like with all that, all the, you know, red tape and legislation and shit that keeps us down, it's surprising that I can go to, you know, I can go up to Canterbury and bet everything through that terminal. And God, I am, I am Jack. The kids have brought that up already. We, you know, we just, well, and we, we didn't get to do as much stuff last summer. Like we yeah, asked right. them, what do you want to do this summer? Because we're going to do a lot more stuff. And that was like one of the top things they brought up because they love going up to Canterbury. Obviously on Sunday, it's kids day and there's like pony rides and shit they love that but yeah i'm jacked and yeah as far as the crypto stuff too you brought that i'm glad you enjoyed those i was yeah. thinking about that today I, I feel like we almost need to buy noah something nice like we <laughs> we, we owe that guy like we owe that guy like a, a, a card that is something. like he teaches us so wild. much stuff yeah. <laughs> i sent a couple of those podcasts to friends that i've been trying to get to buy bitcoin and buy into ethereum for years and those that was the reason they're like wow this makes a lot more sense. I'm like, yeah, no. thanks. I guess I didn't explain it very well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, knock, knock on wood, it keep everything keep going in the right direction. We should get keep some more business this week. <laughs> only up. Yeah. Keep, keep, yeah, up, yeah. up. Um, Okay, oh. real quick, let's talk on about the Kentucky Oaks. For those of yeah. you who don't know, they run a two-day meet. Uh, I'm not sure that's the right terminology, but there's two major days of racing, Friday and Saturday. And the premier race on Friday is the uh, Philly parallel to the Kentucky Derby, which is the best of the three-year-old Phillies. Uh, and it's called the Kentucky Oaks. It's the uh, two Philly. What's it? Lilies for the Phillies. Lilies for the Phillies. Lilies for the Phillies. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, this is this is a, as fun a race as the Derby. It's a little smaller field, so it's a little tough, you know, a little easier to wrap your head around. It's, it gets you warmed up for Derby Day, really. Uh, and honestly, the biggest win of my life came on Abel Tasman's Oaks Day. Um, <laughs> that was yeah. She you hit the double. I, I had her. I had her singled at the end of a pick four that paid five hundred to one. And that race itself was so freaking exciting. She yeah. came from so far off the pace at the end there. And it was like, is she going to, she, I was like, oh, I picked the neck. Great. And I was like, <laughs> wait, 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 she's, wait, she breaks late. Everyone she's got a chance. Her. She's got a chance. Is she really going to, no way. And then sure enough, she caught the whole field. It was an unbelievable race. Um, and you know, that just in general, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, as fun to handicap, if not, uh, uh, more just because of the, um, you know, the smaller, you know, small nature of the field. Uh, mm -hmm. and it sounds like you're pretty high on a couple of, uh, you know, a co-favorite and a, a long shot here based on what I've heard you already do content wise travel yeah. column is your, uh, is your first pick. 
I like me some travel column in this spot, yeah. man. We we talked about we talked about Monomoy Girl. We talked about Brad Cox. He's d- shown that he is very very good at, at specifically with the Phillies. He's done a wonderful job with Phillies. Um, this race, the, the pattern that he that that travel column is showing is is excellent. Uh, ran three races as a two year old, improved in each start. Came back as a first start as a three year old, ran a little bit worse than the last as a two year old, but then saw a nice jump out in that second start. I expect a big time progression from travel column again. I think three to one is a great price on this horse. Um, and I don't like a couple of the other favorites in here. Like, I don't like Malafat. Well, Malafat's not bad, but I don't like search results at all, who's on the outside. Search results is coming in from New York. Last two field search results face were both eight horse field or six horse fields. So smaller fields, heavy favorite, not much competition. Uh, those are horses that I like to fade. I want horses that are a little more battle tested, that have been facing better horses. Shorter races too, right? Yep, shorter races as well. So I, I don't want. I want horses that are that are on the same class level in this race, not taking steps up in class to jump into to a Grade One stakes like this. Um, Chad Brown, you mentioned, wins a lot on the turf. He's yet to win a Derby, yet to win an Oaks. So I'm going to make him beat me here, especially at a shorter price. Your other favorite in this spot's Malafat. Uh, look, Malafat hasn't really done anything wrong, but the the dams uh, the dams. Damsel, I think it was, at the Aqueduct going a mile and an eighth over a sloppy track. Beat Milfoil, who's in this race on the outside. She's turned out not to be that good. Um, you know, a horse that almost that, that has every right to improve this time out past the Champagne, who's sitting on the line at 15 to 1, just lost by a head last time out and absolutely stretched herself out. I, I think past the Champagne at 15 to 1 is much more interesting than Malathat at 5 to 2. I'd much rather take the bigger price. And, and since they're both probably going to improve in this start, why not take the bigger number there? I like it. I like it. Um, can I include Pauline's Pearl at 21 and some of my exactus? My I, I like it. You are listening to the content, aren't you, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the, I like the, you know, the one is very different in the Derby and the, uh, and the Oaks, uh, obviously. Um, and yeah, it's a couple of, couple of things popped for her. So yeah, that, that I had her circled. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Let's go. Uh, six, five, one. That works for me in the, uh, in the Oaks. I mean, I, w- I would include Malathat underneath if you're going to, if okay. you're going to, because Passive Champagne and Malathat should run relatively close together based okay. on what they did last time out. But um, I-, I think both Passive Champagne and Pauline's Pearl, the the six, five and the one horse, both have a big chance here to get, get home at bigger numbers. I love it, man. I love it. Well, with that, let's wrap here. You've yep. given us an hour of your time. Can't th- can thank you enough. I know how busy you are. Um, where can uh, people find your work one more time so that they can be as caught up as we are on the Kentucky Derby winners? Yeah, of course. Uh, you can follow me at Samobomb18, S-O-M-O-B-O-M-B-1-8 on Twitter. Um, you can check out the Magic Mike Show. We stream live every Monday and Thursday on Racing Dudes YouTube channel. Check out racingdudes.com. Uh, it's a news site which provides you know recaps and and. Uh, uh, previews of all the different stakes races over the weekend. Uh, we've got a free pick for every race, every track, every single day that you can find on there. Uh, I've got my product, the Sama Bombs, that are on there Friday through Sunday, uh, which is my actual bets that I bet every weekend uh, in the multi-race wagers. Uh, so we've got a bunch of different options there. We also have a, a big day guide. So there's a Kentucky Derby guide out there as well that you can get uh, all the picks from everyone who writes for the site. I love it, man. Well, best of luck, Derby weekend. Uh, this was a fountain of information that I feel it, it much more well prepared. I need I needed this because, like we <laughs> said, we just we just weren't prepped. I tried to catch up a little today. I'm going to do some more catch up over the week. I'm going to watch some more of your stuff, and hey, I, I, feel, I feel I feel better about it. And for you know, for anybody who watched this and hasn't done a lot of horse racing, maybe 
not heading to the track. Like some of the stuff we mentioned, like there's, it's a, it's very easy nowadays. I know we said some of that stuff's not available in every state, but you know, check your state, the TVG twin spires. There's a bunch of different apps. A lot of your sports books have a race book right in it that you maybe you've never opened. Like it's not that tricky. We're going to post some other podcasts throughout the week that kind of break down some stuff. We did one last year where we went through an entire racing form with a guy and yeah. just said like, tell us what, tell us what <laughs> ironically all we needed stream yard so that people could actually watch what we were looking at because yeah. without the visual component, it was quite difficult, but it was, we, I think we, we included, yeah, we, we, I think yeah. we shared like a PDF of the one we were looking at so people could kind of follow, but I mean, that was good for us too. There was a bunch of stuff in there. Um, I didn't know. I'm like, well, that, yeah. that's what color the horse is. I know that one. That's about it. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> so, well, I, I, thanks a lot, Mike, man. Yeah, of yeah. course. If, if you are learning, I would say Thursday is going to be a great podcast to check out because we are going to give out exact late pick four tickets that we're both betting. So you're going nice. to be able to, and we're going to what we try and do on that Thursday show is talk about why we like a horse. So it's not just say we're going to give you a number. We're going to try and give you the full handicap so that you can try and figure out how we're getting to horses. And if we hit a long shot, you can say, oh, this is the reason they did. This is why they like the horse. So hopefully people can learn and we can help the game grow and get more people involved. I love it, man. Well, best of luck. And, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the the are you going to come out to the uh, Breeders' Cup this year? San Diego? I will be. I will be at the Breeders' Cup. Uh, they, you they, are? Yeah, man. The tournament we'll scene. We'll have to get together. I think there. we're all going to be there at some point. We got. <laughs> yeah. First off, yes, we're definitely getting together. All and, right. Like, at some point, we got to talk about the tournament seat in horse racing too. That has been like a huge <laughs> movement that's happened over the last couple of years. You can play that cool. in every state. Uh, I'm in the BCBC, which is a ten thousand dollar entry, uh, and the winner gets three hundred thousand dollars plus whatever you keep from your prize money. Okay. Uh, absolute blast to play man you can qualify for it online that's how i've done it and it's uh it's a lot of fun to get in those tournaments i love it well we'll check you then and uh best luck with the derby weekend sounds good thanks for having me guys i appreciate it well i'll start there double click the damn music you do, you do. you're doing just fine Drew. oh thank you can't wait till we get this producer hired man having to click the music and change the banners like what is this like i was this 1948? <laughs> oh, I'm. Ex- I was. Yeah. I was less excited when I when I got sprung on me, but now I'm jacked again. Like I'm ready. You gotta start working on your man team horse parlay. Man team horse. There's gotta be UFC this weekend. If not, some boxing.